The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. This is News Talk. Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. On the show this morning, we meet the woman who keeps room to improve on budget, quantity surveyor Claire Irwin. We get a masterclass in how to create your own terrarium. Our weekend DIY project looks at how to turn your regular flat pack furniture into designer one-off pieces. And we look at the new designed trend called Carnival Core that looks set to inject some happiness into our homes this year. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And you can listen back or listen live to the show and our podcasts all up on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, um, I've spent the last two weeks living with six men. Well, or to be precise, a plumber one electrician, two builders, a painter and a husband. After a very long time, I finally, finally got round to getting them all together in one place uh, to get some home improvements done. I made the decision to do it about a month before lockdown hit this time two years ago. So, of course, everything went into abeyance. All the costs went up. um, So I was delighted to finally get done the bits and pieces I want, despite everything all being changed. So I wasn't a bit surprised uh, to get a press release breathily announcing that 50,000 new homes would be built this year, which means all the planning permission and funding is in place. These are commencements, but there are there labourers to do it. And it seems not. Time and time again, the Department of Housing has been warned there is a massive dearth of skilled builders, plasterers, electricians and plumbers. And many of these remember, are people who have who were working very successfully in this country but returned home during COVID to places like Poland and Lithuania and Estonia and, and maybe didn't return and found work uh, closer to home. So I'm asking this week, have you found the same problem? Has the cost of getting work done simply put you off? Are you undertaking a self-build? And what problems have you encountered? We may well feature this in a couple of weeks' time on the show. So I really would love to hear where the gaps are in the market and whether you think building 40,000, 50,000 houses is actually going to be feasible this year. Listen, text me 53106, email us on the home show at newstalk.com and I'd love to hear from you this morning and you're very welcome along. With the new season of Room to Improve, the main talking points online were, for once, not the size of the windows put in by Dermot Bannon, but how the nation took the organisational skills of the show's new quantity surveyor to heart. Well, I am delighted to say that Claire Irwin joins me on the home show today. Good morning, Claire, and you're very welcome along. Oh, thanks for having me, Sinead. Now, people online, I found a commentary that they wanted you to move into their homes and start organising their lives and minding <laughs> their children and their schedules and everything. <laughs> has the reaction surprised you? Yeah, it has, I guess. Yeah, it has. I didn't expect people to be as surprised, but I suppose our projects in this season were all kind of carried out through the pandemic and Brexit and construction uh, closures and I suppose it was a big surprise for the viewers that the homes were coming in maybe on and under budget 
So, um, yeah, but no, overall, it's been very surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're certainly uh, giving Dermot <laughs> and the rest of them a run for his money because um, he has the tendency to go for the wish list rather than the must have list, it has to be said. Um, now, yes. ha- let us know a little bit about Claire Irwin. How did you get I- involved as, as a quantity surveyor? And uh, in fact, remind us what a QS actually does. So a quantity surveyor is someone that you would employ um, and their their role is to manage the budget and protect the budget from the client's point of view. Um, they would also look after all of the contractual sides of things. They would set up a contract between the, the homeowner and the, the contractor and they would just manage costs from start to end. How I fell into that role, um, I suppose, you know, all when I was growing up, I always had a keen interest for construction and the built environment. I probably didn't really know exactly which role I would play. I had like an interest in engineering, I had an interest in architecture, an interest in quantity surveying. And I actually went down the engineering route first um, and I'm a qualified engineer. Um, and it was when I was working on site then, um, one of the roles I was project managing, engineering and looking after a bit of cost. Mm-hmm. And then I actually veered kind of down the quantity surveying route and kind of changed my, my path. Um, but the engineering background is a good background to have because it plays a good role. Um, you know, you have a good understanding in the engineering side of things. Mm-hmm. So uh, on lots of projects, I would change something you know, go off, talk to the structural engineer and say, look, well, perhaps we could do X, Y and Z, you know, from that knowledge from that previous life. Yeah. So um, that I kind of fell into the, the quantity surveying. Um, I suppose I was always fairly good at maths and uh, I like that side of things. So that's um, how I ended up doing that. I'm struck by the fact that the QSs on this particular programme have all happened to be female. Do you think it is one of the more female friendly areas of construction that maybe girls could get interested in or or is that just a coincidence? I know a lot of female engineers and a lot of female architects as well as, as female quantity surveyors. Over the last couple of years, you know, uh, even the last 10 years, you notice a, a big difference. Mm. Um, you know, when I graduated first 16 years ago, I never would have met a, a, a lady on site. Um, whereas now it's more of a common thing. Now, it is predominantly men, definitely, but it's becoming, I think, a more interest to females now. And it's maybe not as... You know, before it would have been uh, something girls would have thought, God, no, I can't go into a that little role. Unusual. It's, it's yeah. Did exactly. you have yeah. you had to kind of grow a bit of a, a thick skin or did you always have one? Um, I think I've always had a thick skin, to be honest. I've never really seen your my gender as an obstacle, to be honest. Um, it's, I've always managed it fine, to be honest. I've never seen it, you know, that I had to kind of step up to the mark or grow a thicker mm. skin or anything mm. like that. It was always fine for me, thankfully. But now I do know people who have had negative experiences. Um, so, you know, perhaps I, I've just always been surrounded by you know really good people and that I could work with. There's a lot of haggling involved in your <clears> job. Do you take that through into real life? Do you haggle for your pound of sausages or your slice pan or your holidays? <laughs> um, 
I I would I yeah so I would I would price around if I was booking a holiday I would be pricing around and I would che- be checking out every eventuality and <laughs> every airline and uh, what if I go at this time of the day instead of you know um I, I would put a lot of my husband would actually uh he wouldn't be too happy when it's um when we're planning holidays I over tend to overthink everything and spend so much time kind of planning it before I actually book it. You are um, a woman after my own heart, Claire Irwin. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. And there's no such thing as overthinking, especially with everything costing so much nowadays. Now, tell me exactly. how you got involved in Room to Improve. So Room to Improve, um, it was on screen back in about, I think it was 2018. And it was the final se- final night of the series. And myself and my husband were watching the show. And a friend of mine sent me um, a link to say, it was a newspaper ar- article, to say that Lisa O'Brien, the previous QS, was leaving. And that RTE were looking for a new QS. So she said to me in the message, oh, you should apply, Claire. And... I kind of laughed it off, but then I thought about it afterwards and I decided I would apply and went through a few uh, interviews um, over the phone and then in person, priced a job for them. And yeah, I got I got the job. So I was happy um, to get it. It was probably the first time that I've ever actually applied for a job, if I'm honest. Every other time a job kind of someone approached me or asked me. So it was a good um it was a good experience applying for a job uh-huh. and going through, you know. So that year we did two episodes and then following on from that, then uh, I did the full series. And during the two episodes in 2019, uh, well, 18 and 19, uh, they were being constructed. It was probably a good insight to see how it was. You know, I wasn't jumping into the entire show straight away. So good. Was, and tell me, here's the question now everybody wants answered. <clears throat> and it's only you and me now, so you can be completely honest. What's it like working with Dermot Bannon? Dermot's great to work with, um, you know. Is he uh, now? Now, he's, he's not immensely he annoying when he starts pointing at things and saying, how about we double this and increase this and get more of this in? No, he's easy to work with. He's good crack. You have good banter. You know, we agree. Um, we kind of work together, get the thing across the line. He does frequently throw these big ideas into the mix you know when you think everything's clean sailing we're going along the same path we've everything agreed and Dermot would arrive to site someday and have a big idea in his head and it just kind of throws a spanner in the works you have to kind of think right well how can we afford this or what can we add or omit to get it you know it does that yes. you have to you have to get we... into the tapping the clipboard annoyingly section yes. of the thing and tut- yes. tutting it, it doesn't yeah, it exactly. doesn't seem to work as far as I can see anyway listen uh-huh. um give us a couple of tips now just before you go Claire uh, for people who are getting involved in projects and working on projects and maybe want to be their own project manager what would you advise them uh, to do so my number one tip would be to employ a QS (laughs) and get them on board from an early stage Um, it's the first time and probably the only time in your life that you'll spend this amount of money Um, you know it's like me going into a car dealership and you know if my car breaks down I don't try to fix it I go to a professional somebody that knows what they're doing Um, so I would get somebody that's trained to manage your finances to ensure that it works out the right way cost wise right. okay um 
Number two would be to spend time before you go to site. Spend time uh, on your design, even before you go to planning. Um, if you if you need planning, spend time on the design and make sure that your design is realistic and it meets your budget. It's not you know going to be way beyond your budget. Um, and probably number three would be to invest um, in the building fabric. You know, invest in your windows, your doors, your insulation. Mm your heating system and think about the life cycle cost of the house um so if the car if it's an existing house you know think about if you upgrade the heating system how much will you save over the next 10 years mm, 20 mm. years you know um and you know check out there's loads of grants available at the minute from the SEI for heating there are and improved grants of course system. nowadays um exactly. and, and they've yeah. been increased so so that's really <clears throat> essential because because everybody wants a, a kind of a high ber rate at home don't they they exactly, must and one yeah. and and one that's really easy to run. You know, the yeah. one that isn't going to cost you a fortune. Um, and I suppose also make sure that you have a contingency sum. There's uh, always a surprise. The old contingency. Pop- I I have. Yeah. We haven't met a, a a kind of a contestant yet on the room to improve who had a sufficient contingency fund contingency. because it's always the bit that they think Asher, look, it won't be used if every you know yeah, if everything ex- works out exactly. But you know, nine times out of ten, that contingency yeah. sum is used. That you know, there's a surprise along the way, or there's maybe a utility connection fee. You know, if say for example, you need your new a new power supply or some surprise that the homeowner may not have planned sure. for so it's good to have yeah. that sure. back up so all right okay well listen claire Irwin, qs quantity surveyor on room to improve thank you so much for joining us room to improve airs on sundays on rte at 9 30 and of course all episodes are up in the rte player and you can have a look at them then thanks a million claire for joining us on the home show okay all the best bye Now, don't tell me there's a single home out there without a piece of flat pack furniture, whether you bought online during lockdown or you're a weekend regular at IKEA putting together shelving or bookcases isn't always for the faint-hearted. But when it's no longer needed, you don't want to chuck it either. So it's far better to repurpose or upcycle it. And there's nobody better to give us a helping hand to do so than Jennifer Sheehan, Home of the Year winner, and a dab hand in the land of Flatpak. A dab hand. An <laughs> addict, maybe, but a dab hand. Sure. Yeah, you do this a lot. I do. Well, I did a lot because I was renting for years and I was moving around and I'm I'm not a hoarder, but I'm I'm... I don't like chucking things out yeah. that don't need to be chucked out. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, often when you put together something and it is there's a bit of a labour of love, maybe a labour of hate. <laughs> depending. Yeah. I, I always find in our house there's like about eight screws left over and there are, you know, there's a, a drawer. piece of wood they that should have gone somewhere. They go in the drawer. Yeah. The drawer They're of spares, <laughs> Jennifer. Spares. <laughs> but you don't want to put anything heavy on it just in case the whole thing collapses <laughs> and everybody's had that experience. So so when you have it and you're kind of then you're a bit tired of looking at it maybe after a couple of years or you want to use it for something else. So we, we thought we'd ask you about your favourites and ways that people can upgrade it. Now, <laughs> uh, desks and shelves. Um, now, look, we're still lots of us in the home office or the twits going into work on <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> That's the new name for people going into work in the mid in the midweek. Tuesday, Wednesday, oh twits. God. And oh then Monday and Friday at home. Like <laughs> so, so it's time to maybe sex up the old home office. So yeah. desks and shelves, what do you recommend here? So I've done this actually a few times because if you're if you're on a budget or you're renting or you're moving around or you're just sick of looking at your whatever, then a great way to upgrade it is spray paint and contact paper. So 
Now, spray paint, I absolutely get that. Go outside, yes. spray it all. It can be fab or even do... And do uh, do it outside. I've done it myself with, with stenciling. Yeah. You cut out a stencil and then you spray and you get a little pattern. But Beautiful. contact paper, I'm always worried about so, the bubbles. Contact paper is the stuff, if anyone remembers, you probably covered your school books in it years ago. And it's the stuff that you peel off. It's kind of a thicker you know, maybe acrylic or something like that and yeah. you peel off the back of it and you stick it straight on. So you do need to be careful about bubbles. So I would suggest maybe getting a ruler or even maybe a rolling pin or something like that. And what you do is you peel off a little bit of the backing. Mm. You line up the exposed bit and you put it down flat and all that kind of stuff. And then as you're smoothing it over the rest of the surface, you peel off the remainder of the backing and okay. you make sure that you're pressing it down with your ruler. Not like a bit of pastry, pin. which you're also exactly. a dad yeah. okay, all right. So I didn't mind. I'd golden marble for a while and then you can switch it around maybe to black and mirror or whatever you prefer. Yeah. Whatever. And actually, it's an instant change of look, exactly. isn't it? And if you're painting the wall at the same time, it looks as if you have a whole new room. Exactly. Uh, now, the next one I have done as well because it's dead easy and it's about changing the accessories the kind of the furniture on the furniture so handles and legs and all yeah. that kind of thing and it's a brilliant way to to spruce it up um, for, for anything from wardrobes really anything. to kitchen handles yeah wardrobes uh, kitchen handles exactly I, my big one is bathroom vanities because they're crazy expensive it makes no sense but anyway so you can get handles, you can get gorgeous legs. This is such a simple way to just, yeah. just mix something up. Uh, there's a couple of companies out there that do beautiful ones. Superfront, uh, Reform, uh, and then in Dublin we've knobs and knockers or, you know, go to B&Q. There's loads of lovely handles out there. there. Are, Oliver Bona. There are indeed. And actually we went along to Salvage Yard last summer. Our listeners may remember the chaotic time we had. But there were <laughs> loads of things out there like antique Kind of handles and knobs and all that Beautiful kind of thing. Stuff. And it can just be really nice that you that you would get. And okay. even the doors that you can paint them again or panel them. You know, add on a little MDF yeah. and make a panel design or something. I love like that, that idea. I love it on walls actually. It's yeah. absolutely fantastic and not not expensive. Uh, okay, so the next one now, um, again, we're looking at upholstery. Yeah. Or always a little bit kind of difficult or challenging for people. So flat pack furniture comes with couches as well and sofas mm. and they can get a bit worn down especially if you've pets or kids you can get stuff all over them. So there's a really good company called BEMS B-E-M-Z and yeah. they make uh, covers so they make you know ready to, to fit upholstery covers for Ikea furniture. No way. So in all well, the There you go. There's an industry within an industry. fabrics <laughs> that lovely boucle <laughs> velvet anything you need so instant refresh of your furniture. Really? And you just like pull it over? You just pull it you just zip it off pull it off throw away the old stuff and then put on the, the new and it fits perfectly. Isn't that fantastic? Genius. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so that's BEMS. Uh, and then finally, um, now, so in the kitchen, I, I'm a big fan of Now, this is a flat white, pack. Yeah, I've cheated I know. a little bit. But it is a chain, but I'm a big fan of the just the white, 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 white. Yes. But if it you makes get your tired of that. If you get tired of just your standard white plates, white bowls, white whatever it might be, cups, etc., ceramic paint is a way to do it so this isn't flat pack furniture but it is kind of standard you know I've bought this and I want a bit of a refresh but I now, don't want to throw it all now is that not incredibly messy how do you no! go about doing it oh you put newspapers down you throw it or you let the kids go at it do whatever so there was I was looking on the Ikea website actually and they had three suggestions for zhuzhing it up my favourite word from Laura DeBarra <laughs> zhuzh it up um, one is just a nice sweeping brush of a colour. Okay. Right? So that nice kind of streaky oh, look. Very artistic. Artistic. Very It'd artistic. be a bit like MasterChef without the food yeah. being leaping. So they do it with like soy sauce yes. in the side sometimes, yes. don't they? It looks okay. amazing. Then a nice splatter. So just get your paintbrush and stand back a little bit and have at it. Maybe do this outdoors. Um, or Definitely do that outdoors. 
<laughs> or dip the edges into a bowl and then you have a nice little slightly, you know, messy and, and authentic looking handmade. And that's ceramic paint. Edge. I mean, is that dishwasher proof? It, so you bake it in the oven. Once oh, you've done, like, yeah. like a mini kiln. And wouldn't that be a fun afternoon? Like get your kids around or get your friends around and whatever, you know, spend time together <laughs> painting your crotch. I don't know what Keith Brimer Jones would I think might, of that. We I'm open to my definition of fun being challenged here. <laughs> we interviewed Keith Brimer Jones from the Great Pottery <laughs> Throwdown and it's such a great show and, and people love it. And uh, I, I think he'd cry over that suggestion. He cries at everything <laughs> well, else. See, what we're talking about here is really undermining artists and furniture makers. I'm just being honest, right? So we're we're talking about the flatback stuff. We're talking yeah, about yeah. much more affordable things. And while we'd all love to go out and buy bespoke furniture and custom fitted and beautiful crockery, etc., we just can't always afford it. And sometimes you don't want to go throwing away all your perfectly good stuff. Well, it's also unique. You can just so it up. What you end up with is something that nobody else, and maybe something that nobody else wants, but definitely something yeah, that yeah. nobody else <laughs> And look, if it doesn't work out, you're yeah. going to chuck it anyway. So yeah. how about? Right. <laughs> well, look, finally, in, in personal news, as they say, you have a new column. I do. I do you're every Saturday your, in the Irish Examiner. Your expertise to a wider audience. In the property section. Check it out. Yes, Fantastic. I am. Yes, thank you. OK, and what kind of topics are you going to cover? So next... This week we are looking at storage, which is obviously my favourite topic. So where can you put all of your hidden storage? Where can you create storage that you might not have at the moment? And then next week I'm going to be covering my kitchen. Wonderful. All right. Well, listen, Jennifer Sheehan, onwards and upwards, uh, Home of the Year winner and uh, friend of the home show. Don't forget us now with your new journalistic Never. career. <laughs> Never. And it's lovely to see you again. Thanks for having me. Now, once seen as design pieces confined to the era of Downton Abbey or formal glass houses, terrariums are having a revival and becoming the must-have addition to your display of houseplants. Described as a garden under glass, the Home Show has a masterclass on how to make your own. So I'm delighted to be joined by Lauren McLaughlin, horticulturalist at Urban Plant Life. You're very welcome to the studio, Lauren. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. For people who don't know what a terrarium is, am I even pronouncing that right? Yeah, terrarium or terraria. Terraria, okay. So describe to us what it is. So it's essentially a glass container containing plants inside, making um, a miniature ecosystem. And where did they originate from? Because I mentioned that Downton Abbey. They're kind of, they started out in Victorian times. Yeah, so they're first documented in 1840s. A gentleman named uh, Nathaniel Bagshaw. Uh, He's an ecologist and he was looking into the production of moth larvae and uh, yeah uh, some fern seeds grew within the glass globe or the glass container that he was using and he basically had a brainwave that's not to say that they haven't been around for thousands of years before that or yeah. hundreds of years before that and but. is it the mix of kind of humidity and kind of being undercover and being protected that makes that makes it so effective With, within this ecosystem inside once you put the lid on it basically does its own thing produces its own nitrogen through breaking down um, plant matter. It um, produces its own carbon dioxide, therefore producing its own oxygen. So it really is like a whole little ecosystem. Now, I'm delighted to say you've brought one into studio. So let me have a look at now. This is very heavy. So for all intents and purposes, I'm going to kind of describe it as it's nearly like a glass decanter. Uh, so it's it's got a large uh, bowl shape, but it's got a very uh, small funnel on top and a cork in it. And you have layered this up. Will you tell me what's in it and, and how that layering works? I, I have to say it's absolutely beautiful. 
have you had this long or when did um, you make it? I literally made this up yesterday to bring in to show you guys. Did you? <laughs> We're very um, honoured to I have made, it. I made another one and I uh, I didn't let the the drainage soak for long enough. It expanded and broke the bottom of oh it. So goodness here's God. attempt number two. But it's all <laughs> a learning curve. I'm glad to hear that didn't happen in our studio. So uh, this glass bottle, right. So it's a, it's a bottle really. Where do you, Where do you get the bottles? You can buy them in any reputable garden shop, garden centre, online, yeah. anywhere. But it doesn't mean that you have to go out and buy one. You can use something at home. Right, okay. If you have any of those nice looking old milk bottles. Or something like that. Right, okay. Vases, so, anything. Now, what I am struck by are all of the different layers under here. So let me tip it up. So on the very bottom, what do we have? At the very bottom, I've used uh, what's called hydrolica, which is expanded volcanic rock. Okay. Um, it's not to say that you have to use that substrate, but there's other options out there too. You can layer up pebbles and sand. It's just a little bit heavier. It doesn't drain quite as well. Okay. And this is to allow the moisture to that's, drain towards That's the drainage. Bottom. That's aeration and drainage. And that's it. That's an important part. Now that comes up, to, that's like about a third, I would say, of the of the level of... Yeah, of, of, of the of layers, thing. yeah. You need a decent layer of that. Okay. And over that? We've actually put in um, a permeable layer, really, really light horticultural fleece. That stops leaching from the soil into the hydrolica. Okay. And then for the soil, you can use anything from sphagnum moss, which is really good for um, antibacterial properties. Right. Uh, you can use a potting mix that you can buy in any a good garden centre like as well. Yeah, you can use a compost as okay. well. Um, or you can use coconut core, which is pretty popular of late. Oh, right, really? Well, that's very sustainable, of course, as well. So on top of that, then, is it bark I can see in there? Yeah, there's a little bit of... That's, that's a, a level of uh, coconut core on top, just... For aesthetic oh, purposes okay. and um, it's good for it drainage. It does look very pretty. Yeah, you it can does. see the little hairy bits at the front <laughs> of the coconut. Um, right, now, when it comes to the important bit, which is the plants that you put in here. I, sorry, the first thing is, how did you get everything in? <laughs> because it's a bit like a, a, a kind of, a, you know, the ship in the bottle kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, no, there's, there's a little bit of cutting and filling involved. It's very even. <laughs> it's like a lasagna layer being built up. All right, so what kind of plants now work in here? I can see actually the moisture on those plants mm. um, there. They're beautiful. So you've a, you've a mixture of a few. Tell me what you have. Best plants for this kind of scenario would be like humidity-loving plants, shade-loving plants, depending on where you're going to put your terrarium. Yeah. Uh, ferns, asplenium, have an asparagus fern there, as you can see. Mm. Um, ferns are ideal for this environment. Um, have some millimbecchia which outside would be very vigorous growing, but it's contained within this space. Okay. So that's kind of like a middle of the range plant. So the ferns are high, you have a middle of the range, and then you have like a ground cover, low growing plant as well, just just for aesthetics. Now, to what extent do they grow? Because I suppose what you don't want to happen is that they come up and burst through the, t- <laughs> the top of the thing and you end up pick- picking them out. So, so is that choice of plant important? Relatively important. Yeah. You can you can maintain them. There are tools available for maintaining your plants as well. Okay. Uh, some people like that it just engulfs the whole jar and I quite like that as well. I like that. And tell me how long it took you now to make that. It takes a little bit of time. They are fiddly. Well, you did it yesterday, so I'm thinking it didn't take that much time. <laughs> well, I've had a little bit of practice, but a uh, yeah. couple hours. Really? Especially if you're impatient and you like quick results. Yeah. You do it up and then you never have to touch it again. <laughs> and it's an instant, an instant garden in a pot. Of course, ideal now for apartments and, as you say, small spaces. Absolutely. Even bed sits, you have a little mini garden there, all of your own. All right. Where can people find out more about you and about this? Um, so I'm based in Urban Plant Life in Dublin. It's our only big garden centre in Dublin city centre. It's on Cork Street. Great. And you have you have an Instagram site? 
do indeed Plant Life Dublin Plant Life Dublin brilliant all right well listen Laura McLaughlin thank you so much uh, for coming in and showing us uh, the terrarium terraria terraria (laughs) (laughs) and we've learned something new today and and folks I'll pop a photograph of that up on my own Insta page as well Sinead Ryan 100 and you can have a look at exactly what we are talking about there Laura thanks for coming in thank you Coca-Cabana I love yes. this tune so much oh, I adore I'm sorry this is my guilty pleasure very much <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so him and Dolly Parton There's no him and Dolly Parton yeah love it oh no love, love it. it yeah uh, anyway and that forever was forever blue jeans Neil oh, Diamond for some reason of course I don't know Copacabana we are heading to Rio we're heading to the Copacabana why are we doing that well of course we've brought you Murphy in studio where else would we go Carnival time <laughs> Carnival time Morning. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and the reason we are all things carnival today is because we're talking about a, an interiors trend mm. I had never heard of, I have to say, but I think it's right on trend. We all need a bit of I this at really the moment. I was really disappointed this is broken onto the main airwaves. You were I, hoping to I, keep I it for yourself. C- well, Cara Davinia, De Va- who's, okay, everybody around there, she's the model with the big dark eyebrows that relaunched the eyebrows 10 years ago, okay? So anybody who's got her suit hairy eyebrows loved her she's also one of these models whose breakthrough she's bisexual so for a lot of us it was just this she was completely new a new kind of model we loved her but she also so I was kind of going I wonder what kind of gaff she has so I had Googled her a couple of years ago and she did a walkthrough of one of the grossest houses I've ever seen. Oh Sorry, Cara. Love you on so many levels. Interior design, no. This no, is no. Too much money. Carnival core. <laughs> Too much money. Carnival core. Too right? much money. And Sorry. it's not about jetting off but no. the party comes no. to you. Now yeah. listen, it's been a rough few years. You know, things aren't getting any better. Injecting a bit of fun 100%, 100%, right, okay. You're all for that. No, I'm all for that, but... Just not the big clown face. No, no I don't mind an occasional piece. And I, what I loved about Cara's thing is she had... But she's that thing where she's she's obviously fired the interior designer and can do it herself. Like, that comes, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of that. Like, oh, my God. And, and then I had to tell the interior designer this. Then I had to tell my architect this. And you're going, going you went too far, baby. So there are certain things that apply. They're like stripes, tents things you can put over kids' beds, into nurseries. Now there's, like I'm going to say... But you've been doing that for you. For do, you've done that. You built a whole stage in, in yeah, the kids', kids nursery rooms, on the show. For kids' rooms. Cara okay. has brought a mainstream into the living room. Oh, right, okay. okay. Now there is bits of it. So that's why she has that party lifestyle where she's kind of obviously an awful lot of money, loads of gal pals. and there. But there is definitely an element of fun you can inject into your house. And there's an elements of this that you can inject in in watered down ways the stripes in particular I absolutely candy love stripes, stripes are candy stripes big are gorgeous thing now yeah. and it is nice in, in the kitchen for Lovely. instance on a wall yeah. and things like that yeah. or out in the garden you're going to have great uh, crack with this 100% out yeah. in the garden the tenting okay. the tenting again I think put it in the garden don't put it in your living room because it's dusty it'll give you asthma it gathers so well, what about the gilt then? Because that's part of this. So little coronets or gilt pieces yeah, or, yeah, you know, really funky mirrors. Would that count as I part of this one trend? one or two pieces. Yeah, that does count as that trend. And there's that kind of thing of pops of little colours and all that. sort. And I think colour is different to the carnival core thing. What they're talking about is kind of introducing also gaming machines and things like that. And crawl oh, through Oh, the spaces. old jukebox in the corner kind of. The jukebox in yeah. the corner, the carnival games. But there are... there are things that are absolutely fantastic, okay? 
okay? There okay. are, there are, but you need a lot of architectural space for this, but you can do it in your garden where, for instance, you have a wardrobe and you put the wardrobe on the wall and you open the wardrobe and hey presto, you're in a bathroom or hey presto, you're in, but it works, so it works really well. It's difficult to apply to a main house, but it's really easy to apply, say, in a kid's room. Mm. So say if you have a kid's bunk beds and you want to, say, connect two bedrooms side by side, you put the wardrobe between the two rooms. So, you know, bedrooms with kids where they're at a very young age, where they like right. to play, you can have... What, what I, the only way I can describe it is it's like a secret entrance or if you go to Ikea, for instance, if you're in looking at the kids' bedroom space, yeah. you see a little mouse hole that goes from one room into the other oh, and all okay. the kids crawl ah. through. And of course, you, then you get the sliding tunnel from a bunk bed. Yes. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. I think it's yeah. really good applied Hall of like mirrors that. in Hall the bathroom. Mirrors, a hall of mirrors in the bathroom. I love the mirrors one. Um, <laughs> you but don't at go the in same, at four in the morning. <laughs> I'd say at the same extent as well. There's other things you can do as well, which is like, you know, the, I would say take the dressing room theatre chic thing. So, the you know, a nice set of, of bulbs around your dressing room table. Oh, yes. A mirror. Yeah. Um, I also like a good bit of fringing and top hats on the wall, things like that. So take some of the elements, but clown faces, large gilted faces on the... On the walls, you have to be very careful. Oh, BT's front window. All right, leave it there. Okay, okay. That is Roisin's rules on introducing carnival court into your house. Now we're going to talk about another trend now, which I think is not dissimilar because you can get it wrong very easily. Like, you know, it trying to get that tacky to tasteful can be a bit hard here, and I'm talking about. This 80s trend, 1880s, maybe 1980s, of this um, coving architrave ceiling roses. Yeah. Like, I love an old ceiling rose, but not in a three bed semi. Right. OK, I'm going to subvert this slightly because we've gone from we can't go too tack on this. So what I'm going to say to you is the rose has huge symbolism in Europe, massive symbolism. And the ceiling right. rose above your dining room table means everything that you say in this room stays in this room. It is from the War of the Roses. It's from See. its symbolism as a medieval. Um, it's a, the rose is very powerful in terms of medicine in the medieval garden, um, and it's also obviously the War of the Roses between you know all of that mm, with the, the, the Yorks, the Yorks, yeah, and all yeah. that. So the rose is powerfully symbolic in medieval architecture of that period, and it has made its little way through all the centuries to arrive in our dining room and living room ceilings. So. Cast not aspersions on your ceiling room yeah. drama because, in a way, the other thing that's happened, I think the reason the ceiling was now she's they're going to go. She said everything is tack, and now she's saying this is fantastic. But this, it, this is something that has endured a thousand years. The other thing is the ceiling in grand houses. No, though. no, hear me out, Miss. Oh, hear me out, Miss. No, ceilings. no, a lot of secrets in in, in domestic yeah. coronation street houses, but also the ceiling has become almost like another canvas over the last uh, two years. The ceiling, initially we started painting them a darker colour. There was a huge mm. trend for painting them halfway down. Then the actual thing of putting on sort of beading on the ceiling, yeah. that became a trend. And even to the point where people, if to get that extra couple of inches in space in a ceiling, they will take the plaster boards off and expose the rafters. Like ceilings have become almost like another room and there's this magical drawing in architecture called a reflected ceiling plan which is basically like a, it's, it's a really weird one it's a mirror image of your ceiling and it shows all the light fixtures and the pendants and everything like that and for so many years 
the ceiling and the light and that pendant light was considered by architects as a terrible thing. God almighty, nobody was putting in a drop down light anywhere. They're right. gone and we They're have no voters now. now. I just put in one in my own They are kitchen. the only thing to have at the yeah. moment is a little drop light and to centre and anchor that dining table, I think with COVID as well, it's really dragged us back into the dining table yeah, and made us all yeah. go. We're eating together, we're sharing space together. So I think, oddly enough, the ceiling rose as a kind of uh, a nod to where we've been and how important it is sit, to sit mm. together and eat together. And in a way, you know, you will have a Georgian knocker, you'll have all these kind of things. I think one of the reasons the ceiling rose is probably knocked a little bit is because it's quite feminine, because people associate flowers with women's valentines. It's that whole part of architecture that has been wiped clean mm, with minimalism mm. and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's hard to see it in a kind of scandy look, you know. But in but terms you can of... Done, you can be done. How easy is it to retrofit that? Like if you're looking at this boring flat ceiling that you have. Put a G-Tex and stick the thing on, unfortunately. Because you can yeah. buy it pre-made. Oh, they're you know, beautiful. And we do them. Yeah. We have a great history here. But the other thing is, don't forget you can put it on a wall. Like you can put it facing you like a painting. I defy Tracy oh, Emin really? or, 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 or any of our great artists who like plaster is one of those incredibly beautiful things but you could, if you're looking at a ceiling rose straight on and think about also the rose and symbolism in terms of uh, gothic architecture with the rose window mm. like it is a very strong potent symbol in architecture the rose window we all go to um, Paris to have a look at it again there's a whole lot of association with that so don't be afraid of putting if you've got say I would say if you're fond of it try and get an original or salvaged one and yeah. pin it on, on the wall you know what I mean? You can put it so you can see it like a mirror. Because if houses are being demolished or whatever, yeah. that might be kept along with the yeah. architrave. And we were in, I was in a house up in uh, Drogheda uh, the other day or Dundalk and we were looking, they were doing a refurbishment with this living over the shop. A really incredibly interesting one where they, in fairness, hats off to them. They had done a great job, but they were trying to keep the original and it was a very discreet, modest ceiling rose done in paper. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just a paper that was applied on because some of them went, I'm not going Mrs. Bouquet on it and they did these paper ceiling roses. Yeah. I have a ceiling rose which I absolutely love and I I have one too yeah, and I, I do them. like it. I love them. I do like but I, I mean and there comes a point where you don't see it anymore but but it's just it's you know it's there. It just you know think, it adds something well, think to about the your brethren in secrecy and that women's history of our collective history. You know the rose window was sim- a lot of this is about the, the the unsaid feminine history of women in architecture and in medicine and I just think it's a very powerful symbol. So I think that and if somebody wants to put one in their uh, modest bijou residence, why not? But maybe put it on the wall rather than the ceiling or don't put it bang centre in the ceiling. Where You know what I mean? Because architecture has changed the movement around it. Put it to the side or put it straight on. I put a couple in. If you put them up then, mine is just white because it's yeah. on the ceiling. Yeah. Would you be one for the old giving a splash of paint? I gilded mine. Well, of course Carnival core. I can't believe I'm so hypocritical. I gilded it. A little bit of gilt. You Just a little gilt. How do you do a little badly, bit Badly. I did it really badly. I did it with spray paint and it reacted and I cheaped. It was when I was really broke and um, well, you're I reacted. You're to put gold leaf on I it, are you? I gold leaf on it. I you did, yeah. Did no, but I put cheap not. gold leaf on it and it reacted to the spray paint. So it's slightly... <sighs> Slightly underwhelming in its, but I still love the texture. But I love the texture of old things and what they. Well, give you're not going to gonna miss that walking into. No, your you room. would actually because it's a very modest <laughs> ceiling rose. It's not like I live in a palace. So it just <laughs> came with the Victorian house, and we did that thing where we put. I my biggest regret is I came from a house that had no. It was old, but it had been stripped out. So I okay. live in a and so we brought so the low voltage kind of down lighters. Fitting back in the the original features, are you? Well, no, I Some left. Of them. No, I left them there. 
I left them there as kind of that texture that we talk about all the time, the idea of texture. And I have texture. If you have mm. an older house or if you're Irish, there's texture you can buy everywhere. We mm. are texture in terms of what you're trying to import into other apartment living or anything like that. It's very difficult. But if you have an older house, even a bungalow, you have texture. Right. Well, there you go. That's a weekend project for you folks. Go out and buy your ceiling rose. <laughs> Don't feel <laughs> it with spray paint. A bit of old gold leaf, <laughs> which will probably cost you more than the rose and, and plunk it up. Now you bring us in an object of design every week. Oh, God. Okay. I hate so, these boxes that come out. Now, I would like to say fragile, 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 no, fragile, 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 because Yvonne, um, who's the lady who made this, delivered this last night and, and broke, she broke one of her own pieces. Oh, Thanks be to God, it happened in the car. Sorry, this. Yvonne, I felt really sorry for you but at the same extent I was glad Who is did Yvonne? Not. Yvonne Leon she okay. is a ceramic artist she's one of the selected artists that this are going to Italy with the Crafts Council of wrapping Yeah it is a lot really? of wrapping this So it's not, a figurative piece which I don't usually bring oh, in Oh look at this But I just thought Oh Roisin I love I it I knew you'd love it I knew you'd love, love it. it. Yeah. Now so that this, wasn't the nicest piece. The nicest piece is the one that Yvonne broke herself. No, <laughs> this is um, a ceramic uh, piece yeah. of uh, the top half of of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's gender neutral by the look of it, and it, the the chest, the front part is done in. Um, Oh, beautiful swirls! Like a, it's yeah. like a waves, like a river. And again, mm. look, there's the gilt we were just talking about, gilded it's, and blues yeah. and silvers, and oh, that's just beautiful. She does very, um, uh, they're just very elegant kind of figurative pieces, and very, she does one with that's got sea waves and a lot of waves. They're about the emotional journey and all that, and people's connections. I know she works. Uh, with young adolescents doing art therapy as well. She's part of a group that's going to Italy with the Crafts Council mm. representing an international ceramic fair. I did not know that when we picked it. But I also had wanted to do this for Valentine's Day, but unfortunately we missed it. But I just think in terms of Easter, you know, and there's, just, there's a lot of kind of built-in symbolism there of, of water. and uh, the, There is, and lovely. there's a flow through that and it's just a really pretty. That would be a lovely talking point on a mantelpiece it would be or on a on side a table. And actually, do you know what she's actually can you see underneath it yeah. in the in the interior there's a backboard of of more yeah. waves just in case there's the tiny hole and it comes through on it I love that I knew so you'd love it it's give, two, us the, uh, give us the artist again uh, Yvonne Leon Yvonne Leon Yvonne right. Leon Ceramics she's on Instagram great and you'll put that up, up on, on your Instagram Roisin Murphy Architect and mine is uh, Sinead Ryan 100 and I will pop it up there and too and that will go very carefully hand it over to you yes. now again Roisin and I'm going I to put it also on Object of Design which is another side one we do where it's just all of yeah. the pieces that we pick uh, on the show for Objects of Design okay. but I have to say thanks so much Yvonne and I'm so sorry about the mishap in your, Lovely. Oh, in your well I'm glad it didn't happen on my watch I'm really glad to <laughs> okay. well thanks a million Roisin for all those top tips and that is all we have time for this week if you'd like to get involved in the show if there's something you'd like Roisin to go off and cover or a question or a guest you'd like us to have on please let us know we are always interested in getting new ideas text us on 53106 for 30 cent or email the show at thehomeshowatnewstalk.com so don't forget to check out the Home Show podcast on the News Talk website which is powered by Go Loud uh, you'll find all of our greatest hits and past performances up there I'd like to thank 
thank the production team, Gareth Mulhall, who this week is leaving us. Now, can I say, when I tell you Gareth has transformed the show and made me a better broadcaster, I am not uh, saying that lightly. He has been a fantastic asset to the team and we are incredibly sorry to lose him. So it is somebody else's gain. Up next, it's Anton Savage and he will be chatting with Dermot Gavin. Have a fantastic weekend and remember, we're on at eight o'clock every Saturday.